Our second reading this day comes from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. It's found in the 14th chapter and begins at the 13th verse. Now when Jesus heard of the murder of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over, left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Thanks be to God. Grace to you all in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I bet you've heard it before. I've heard it my whole life. That old saying, you get what you pay for, right? I received that advice very early in my life, and as I've lived these many years, it's proven itself time and time again. It seems that if you take the cheaper way out and buy a less expensive model of something, you end up wishing you'd spent just a little bit more on the next better model. Anybody know that cycle? Anybody ever bought a laptop? Right? If you buy a sale television, you know, that no-name brand, a week later the joy of the sale price will have vanished. When you're left looking at a screen where you can't tell the difference between the Dallas Cowboys and a Hee Haw rerun. That's because you got what you paid for. Have you ever gone to the state of my birth, Florida, and seen those signs that says, $4.99 for all-you-can-eat steak and shrimp dinner? Have you ever gone in there and actually eaten those dinners? Yeah, sure. When you need a magnifying glass to find the shrimp, and there's more to cut off of the steak than to cut into, you realize once again that you got what you paid for. It seems that with so many things in our lives, there is what's called a catch. There's always fine print. There's always that little asterisk next to the claims on the label that forces you to look to the bottom of the piece of paper to find out what that label really means. If it's too good to be true, as the old saying goes, then it probably is. Let the buyer beware, caveat emptor, right? And so we've learned, because we've had to, we've learned to be careful when we see what first looks to be a good deal. We ask ourselves, what is the catch? Where is the fine print and what does it say? What am I really getting myself into here? 
Take it from someone who spent or used to spend far too much time figuring out health insurance costs. Fine print is everywhere. If I didn't have a very good agent to help me, I'd spend every waking hour reading through the volumes of fine print in those newly offered medical policies. And this is the time of year when they all come in the mail, right? Nowhere is the threat of the catch more true than with things that are said to be free. Every time someone calls our church office to offer something they claim to be free, an experienced pair of eyebrows gets raised very high. Diane, who's our principal church secretary in particular, always waits to hear what we have to do or how much we eventually have to pay in order to get the promised free item. How often is it simpler and easier and more efficient to just go out and buy what we need rather than jump through all the hoops necessary to take advantage of something that's said to be free? You do indeed get what you pay for, it seems, whether the cost is in money or time or effort or whatever else. So, when we come to an Old Testament lesson like Kaya read for us today, which originates in Isaiah's 55th chapter, our 21st century American sensibilities are immediately tweaked and alerted. This doesn't sound like it's relevant to us. We hear words like, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Free water for everyone? Really? If you're dehydrated, all you have to do is show up and your thirst will be quenched? Oh, sure, I can hear you saying between your ears. How much is that going to cost me? How much is that free water really going to be? Do I have to go to an hour-long presentation on a time, in a timeshare in a Texas lake in order to get my free water? Or do I have to sell bottles of water online to eventually get my free little package? There's always a price to things, isn't there? Isn't there always a price? In the culture in which we live, it seems we never get something for nothing. Even water. Even water. The cheapest I can find are those little bitty bottles, you know, like over by the chair over there. I can go into water, uh, Walmart excuse me, and get them for about $1.29 a pop. Sisters and brothers, we've had to, be, we've had to become very good at covering ourselves and protecting ourselves and watching out for our hard-earned money. We must do so in today's economy. It would be foolish not to be. In comparison, this morning's Old Testament words from Isaiah seem like a child's fantasy or something that exists perhaps only in heaven. But these are God's words. These are God's words intended for you and for me. He says, come to the waters and drink. Come and receive food and wine and milk. And get them in exchange for no money at all. Our God really does things backwards from what we'd expect, doesn't he? I mean, he says, you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. How does that work? How do you have no money and buy something? Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. What? 
Really? How can that be? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, especially to those living in America in the year of our Lord 2023. But that's the beautiful thing about God, isn't it? He operates within his own rules. And God doesn't fit into our society's norms or into our own personal way of thinking. And God's way of thinking is indeed a wonderful thing. He says, come, eat, come, drink, and you won't spend a dime of your own money, not even a penny. This is certainly a great blessing. We don't have to spend our money on what the Lord offers. If we did, let's be honest, if we had to spend our own money on what God has to offer, would any of us have enough money given what we need from him? My answer is certainly no way. How often, brothers and sisters, do we spend our time and our talents and our treasures given to us originally by God, we take those things and spend them on things that are short-lived or things that the world tells us that we need? How often do we do that? Too often we pursue what the Bible says is that which is not bread, and we expend our labor for that which does not satisfy. It is so incredibly easy in our society to spend our time and our money on all kinds of things which don't last, things that are temporary. We remain living in a disposable society. If something breaks, if it's defective or outdated, we throw it away and we get a new one. That's very likely true in your home. It's even true in this church in which we worship. We are inundated in our lives with television ads and streamed messages and something that's now called influencers and even movies that have subliminal messages throughout them. And all these things tell us what's important or what we must have to be happy according to the world. But there's always a catch, isn't there? When we have whatever we think we want the most, there's always something bigger, better, or newer, newer, and it's right over the horizon. It's right there. That's where our human nature fails us. We want. We want because we're broken. We want because we're needy. We want because the collection of wanting and needing exposes our sinfulness. And so thanks be to God that he doesn't operate the way our world does. Thanks be to God that he operates in a way that seems to be completely opposite to the way the world does. Where the ads tell us to buy now and pay it off in the years to come. Where our world tells us to buy the latest version or model so that we can know true happiness. The Lord simply says one word. Come. Come. You who hunger and thirst, come to me, says the Lord. You who have no money, who are poor and needy, come. Come and take the food I have to offer, says the Lord, and you will know true contentment and true fulfillment and even true peace. Years ago, 
when Jessica and I were living in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, we had access to a great blessing. It was called the Seminary Food Bank. We were living on our small full-time student income during those years, and I'm not sure how we would have been able to feed our three hungry teenagers without access to that food bank. You know how teenagers can pack the food away. But we go into that basement food bank. We go in and have our pick of all sorts of grocery items that had been placed there on the shelves in just the days ahead. All of that food had been donated by people in churches that lived in the surrounding counties. It was a great blessing to us, and it helped us to make ends meet, to be sure. And we would walk out up those basement steps with our arms full of good old-fashioned paper grocery bags, full of groceries. And we never had to pay a single penny for any of it. It was a wonder from the Lord, and it was a great blessing from his body, which is the church. But not one of the seminary students or their family members went to that food bank expecting to find top-of-the-line items. We, went, we didn't go there in order to be picky and choose just the special item from our, for our family. Those shelves indeed offered lots of canned foods, and we really never knew what to expect. We found there what we found there. And the food was good, and we were grateful for it, but it couldn't be described as gourmet. But remember, it was free. And we were in need, so we were thankful. So, is that the sort of food our lesson talks about today? Here again, God operates in a way that is completely backwards from the way our world works. The food which he offers us free of charge is not some surplus expired goods. It's not a bag of clearance items. The food God offers to us is what he has prepared himself. Isaiah tells us, eat what is good and delight in the richest of food. What God offers us is top-of-the-line, five-star, prime-cut nourishment. This is food which he has lovingly prepared for us, for you, for me. This is the best, and there's no lesser cut that is good enough for God, nor good enough for his children. Remember what he did for more than 5,000 people gathered when Jesus preached that day. And, and let's, be, let's be exact. Well, not exact. Let's be expansive on this. The text tells us there were 5,000 men there. And there were women and children too. So let's just do the math. If you have one uh, gal for every guy, and you have a few children mixed in, that might be 12,000 people. Not 5,000. 12,000. And Matthew tells us that that 12,000 people or so had been there all day long. Now, one side note about that. Apparently, really good sermons take all day to deliver. But that's if Jesus delivers them, right? You'll have to suffer something else. But through it all, through that all-day event... Certainly they were fed with the, the wisdom of Jesus Christ and the power of his word. But the people became hungry. It was all day long. It was too late to send them back to the market in town to buy food. So they were stuck with trying to divide what was there. Five loaves of bread, two measly little fish among all those thousands of people. 
It's an impossible task. Can't be done, right? But there's always a catch, isn't there? Jesus took that, that oh, small offering of available food and he does a truly amazing thing. He manages to feed all of those people so that they're not only nourished, but they're all satisfied. They're all filled up. They have no further need. And then we hear of the 12 baskets full of leftovers when he's done. Overflowing with abundance. That's God for you. Look today at the meal he's prepared for us on the altar that we will share in just a few moments. What that meal is, is not some cheap bargain basement buffet thrown together at the last minute. Not at all. This meal that we will receive today took thousands of years to bring together. At just the right time, our Lord Jesus Christ gave not only bread and wine for us to share this day, but he gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice. Today, he offers us his presence and his own body and blood given and shed on the cross of Calvary. And he does that again for you and for me. This meal not only satisfies our souls with strength, but it forgives our sins and cleanses us completely. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing you can buy, there is nothing you can earn that compares to what God gives to you for free. So come and be fed by his word, be fed by his word in personal and family devotions, be fed in Bible study, be fed in the worship of the church. Eat and drink the food he gives us that unites us with him and with the great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, give ear, listen, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Remember also that when you respond to God's free invitation, you don't do this for your own benefit alone so that you may live, although that certainly you shall receive. But you also respond by hearing God's word and, and doing God's word you do that so that others may see you in the effort. So that others, as they see you, may benefit from your loving care for a neighbor or perhaps even come to follow Christ as you do through your witness of action and words. So today, today is the Lord's day, but it's a day to call out to those around you, not just in this room, but in your neighborhoods, in the place of business, in everywhere you go. Encourage the people you find in these places to stop looking for the fine print. Stop buying into the line that the world is selling at every opportunity. And instead, come to the Lord's waters to be satisfied. Let your cup and let theirs be filled to overflowing with the waters that give eternal life. Do you want to get what you paid for? Do you really? I sure hope not. And I hope that way, thanks be to God. Instead, I hope you want what he paid for. God paid for salvation for you and me and for all of us. He did that with his life at the cross. So come, sisters and brothers, take, come and share. 
come receive his promise of life. In the name of Jesus, amen.